Welcome to the Let's Tech About Learning podcast. This is your host, Jennifer Schaefer. Stay tuned for some great learning tips, best practices, and awesome tech tools. So we are mid-February 2019, and last week was the annual TCEA conference in Texas. So TCEA stands for Texas Computer Educators Association. And this year it was held in beautiful San Antonio, Texas. For all of the years previous, it was hosted in Austin. But starting this year, TCEA is going to rotate um, to different cities in the U.S. So next year, 2020, it's going back to Austin. Then it'll be in Dallas. Um, I'm not sure where it's going to be the year after that. But four years from now, it will be coming back to San Antonio. This has been... Um, a annual event in my career as a educator, especially since coming into the digital learning and education technology field. It is the biggest uh, tech conference in the state of Texas, and it pulls attendees from all over the US, not just Texas teachers. So today's episode is really gonna be about what I learned at TCA, some reminders of cool tools, some updates, and just some great ideas for your classroom that I learned or that someone told me from their attending at TCA that are really worth your time. So hold on and wait for some really great tips, tricks, tools, and ideas for learning. So this year at TCA, the breakout tool of the year had to be the Merge Cube. So if you don't know what a Merge Cube is, it is a cube, so a six-sided um, object, and it is made out of foam, and each side of the cube has a different code on it. And this is a tool for VR, AR in the classroom. Uh, it interacts with apps for your Android or iOS devices that will turn that cube into something. So you can look through the app on your device at the cube that you're holding in your hand and see something on your screen. And as you turn the cube, then it will rotate whatever you're looking at. Now we've just started using merge cubes in our district. Um, a few weeks ago, a teacher reached out to me and said, hey, we're doing solar system, what do you have? And because I had used Merge Cubes before, I knew they had an app called Galactic Explorer, which allows students to hold the solar system in their hand and turn it around to see all of the connections of the pieces. In that app specifically, you can select, say, the sun, and then it pops up bigger with information about it. So you can drill down and look at the individual planets. You can look at which planets have moons around them. And all of that is interacting through an app. So someone holds the cube itself. The code is then read by the uh, app on the phone or the iPad, and you're getting to see the solar system and all of the information that's embedded there. It's a pretty cool um, experience, and that is just one of the many apps available to be used in the Merge Cube. Um, 
there's also the option to code your own activities with MergeCube. I've seen educators using it with other tools where they uh, build out and the students are building out some kind of an AR experience and using the MergeCube as the trigger for that. So lots of options there. This was ex exceptionally exciting because MergeCube is a company from San Antonio. And since this was the first year that TCA was in San Antonio, um, I was really excited to see how big of a presence MergeCube had. Now, it's my understanding that MergeCube started out um, as a project which at Geekdom, which is a, um, it, it's a facility we have here in town for uh, technology kind of startup companies. Last year, MergeCube got lots of publicity, lots of mentions on social media because Walmarts specifically had clearanced out all of their MergeCubes for a dollar. So if you wanted to purchase a MergeCube from their website, you could at $15 a pop. But I don't know what happened last year. Walmart was selling those same exact merge cubes for a dollar. And so there were pictures on social media, um, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Teachers were showing up at Walmarts all over the U.S. tracking where the dollar deals were and wiping Walmarts out on merge cubes. And um, last year, the district that I was at, we did the same thing. So I ended up with 10 merge cubes. Um, that I just have popped out recently and handed off to some teachers with some activities. But some of what we saw at the conference wasn't just purchasing the cubes themselves, but taking the codes and using those in many different ways. There's a, a pattern out there on the web for taking the code and blowing it up big so that the merge cube itself is like a two foot by two foot by two foot cube, so it's large. Um, I also saw some activities where the code was printed on the front of the shirt. And so the students had created and coded a project create and let the trigger on their shirts be the code that brought up the project. So you could grab a iPad and walk down the line of students and use the codes on their shirts to be able to activate and see the projects that they uh, had compl had completed for their assignment. So lots of really interesting uses for merge cubes that were popping up, and it's definitely been the hot tool of TCA. Check the website; I'll include more information on the merge cube. So if you listened to my podcast about LeCue in November, you heard some of my strategies for conferences. And one of the strategies that I think is really important with TCA specifically or other large conferences like T TCA, uh, if you attend ISTE, for instance, the International Society for Technology and Education, which is um, held in a different city every year. This year it's coming to Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, but any of those really large conferences conferences that have multiple strands, you have to plan in advance. You cannot see everything there is to see. You have to go in with a couple of goals in mind. So for me this year, um, because of the position that I am in, um, my two goals in mind were A, effective 
professional development, and B, blended learning. So I was looking at those types of activities, um, what schools had done that was successful, what ideas people had for increasing blended learning in their classrooms and in their districts, and then providing professional development and skills for teachers. So those are really the areas that I was most interested in. In that vein, um, I went to a session by someone, a Google certified innovator, who I was not familiar with her work. I had seen her name pop up in other places, but her work in blended learning really was exciting to me. And that is Catlin Tucker. Now, I, I soon as she started talking about her, her blended learning coaching model, I immediately got on Amazon and purchase the book. Um, so if you have never seen her work, I would suggest that you look her up. She has a website, CatlinTucker.com, uh, and she's got a number of books out there. Her most recent book is the one that I would suggest you purchase. That book is called Power Up Blended Learning by Catlin Tucker. So this particular book really goes through her blended learning coaching model, um, which happens to have six different steps. Uh, the first one she suggests is an initial conversation and some goal setting between the coach and the teacher that you're working with. That's that first building relationship piece. And she suggests that Many models say, go observe the teacher first, and she points out that it's important to have a rapport and a relationship building with that teacher before you just show up and watch what they're doing, um, because that can kind of be overwhelming for a teacher. So to sit down and have that conversation with them and talk through what their goals are um, is really a good first step. Of course, the second step would be to observe the class and observe the teacher and take notes as you're watching so that you know what areas to help support where they are maybe seeing some challenges, where they're seeing great successes. So that would help you as you help them to become better blended learning teachers. Then the third step she suggests is to co-lesson plan. So not necessarily co-teach at this point, but help them to sit down and plan together. Look at their strategies, help them insert some technology, and actually go through the lesson planning process with them with those goals in mind from that initial conversation. The fourth step is real-time coaching. So be in that classroom, watch the teacher teach, pause the lesson and correct if you see that there's something off um getting off of track for a little bit so that you can help the teacher feel when things are kind of going awry and where to correct. The fifth one is to actually model lessons and co-teach with that teacher uh, so that they can see what the goal is, what does it look like, feel like in the classroom so that they can better observe it when they're on their own. And then the, the sixth one is to document, reflect, and revisit those goals. So how did it go? What are you thinking? Did we meet the goals? Do we need to rewrite the goals, etc.? Now that's very simplified. Her book is wonderful and it suggests a number of things like how important effective professional development is in coaching and helping teachers through the process. So the back of the book just lists some bullets of things in the book itself. So if you're interested in any of these things, I would suggest the book Power Up Blended Learning by Catlin Tucker. Some of those bullet points on the back are coaching protocols, 
templates for feedback, lesson plan resources, rubrics, stories and tips for coaches, vignettes from teachers who've successfully shifted to a blended learning model, and reflection questions for guiding book study groups. So if you're interested in any of those things, buy the book Power Up Blended Learning by Catlin Tucker. She also has one called Blended Learning in Action, which she has some co-writers on that might be where you want to start. If you're just kind of looking at what does blended learning look like and how can I utilize that in the classroom or in my district. So in the same kind of blended learning vein, I was looking for tools that I could give to my teachers that would help them in a blended learning um, experience. Our school is looking at changing the uh, schedule and we're going to be on a flex block schedule next year. And so that means that some teachers are going to have to look at revamping some of their instruction to a more blended model to work with the new schedule. And so those were the kinds of tools that I was looking for. One of the tools that I did find that I'm super interested in is a website called Insert Learning, and that's at insertlearning.com. This tool is an extension in Chrome, and it lets you insert questions inside of web articles. So you need expository text. So you find a great article from an online resource and it lets you go in and select types of questions, the kinds of template questions that you want or customize your own questions. And right in the middle of the website, you'll have a block with the question and the student can type in their answer right inside the website. So I can see this as a great tool for the current events kind of topics that social studies teachers do, a lot of practice writing for your English language arts, but this could be used with science. It could be used with um, foreign language. It could be used with culinary arts. It could be used with any subject where you ask students to do research or you ask students to read something and then check their comprehension. So there are some basic question templates that are around a lot of the standards for English language arts, like what's write a summary of this paragraph or what's the main idea or what um, is the most important fact in this paragraph. And then you can use some of those tools cross-curricularly by having them answer those kinds of questions in other classes. Um, I found Insert Learning to be super intuitive and useful and I'm excited to show this to my teachers as a way to take a website that we share with students and give it an extra level of depth and complexity by asking them to analyze and support ELAR in lots of different subject matters. So look for more information on the website, insertlearning.com. So a topic that continues to be really popular are breakouts. Uh, if you're familiar with this concept, breakout edu is kind of like an escape room 
inside your classroom in boxes. So an escape room, it's, there are puzzles you have to solve in order to open locks to get you out of a space. So if you think about doing that in a classroom with multiple boxes, the puzzles you solve get you into the boxes that get you clues to open the other boxes. Now there is a whole network of physical box games that you can get online, share with each other. There's a website, uh, breakoutedu.com, where you can purchase access to some of those games. There's also a huge platform for the digital version of that. So you wouldn't need the physical boxes, all of the clues open up things in a website and then your goal is to get to a certain point in a website. There has been lots written about how you can use Google Forms with say data validation to create a digital breakout as well. I recently just tripped over a super easy way to do a digital breakout using a tool that I love and that is always updating itself, and that is Flippity.net. If you have never used Flippity.net, you are missing out. So this website is it has tons of games and name pickers and flashcards and timelines and I, I've blogged about it several times before but it has really great resources for teachers to make and use with their students and all of it is driven from a Google spreadsheet. It's seriously that simple. So one of their newest product is called Scavenger Hunt and you download the template from flippity.net for the scavenger hunt. You replace your clues, your answers, and then if you want to give a little tip, you can do that too. And once you share that document, and it's an active scavenger hunt game, the students go to the link, click the lock, they get see the question, they get a box to type in the answer. If you've given them a clue, they can use the clue or not. And you can have multiple locks in your game. So I did this with one of my sessions at TCA and it was super fun. The teachers and librarians in the session really loved it. Uh, and it was super simple to put together. So one of my favorite authors is George Kuros and he challenges people to innovate inside the box. Uh, and so I think this tool is great for teachers to use, but I think it would be a great tool for students to use. So think about my students are learning something they're passionate about. They're going to give a presentation to their, to their uh, classmates. Instead of them just standing in front of the group and presenting information, why don't they use Flippity to create the simple digital breakout uh, scavenger hunt so that the students can guess or research the answers and they can use that teachable moment as part of their presentation. Love this idea for student projects. I love the idea for teachers too, but I will link a sample that I used at TCA on the website. The website is called the website that you can create these on is called flippity.net, but I will put a link on the podcast website for you to try out a finished one.
So I also had an aha moment at TCA when you're sitting in an audience and you're watching someone use a tool that you've used many years ago when it was really simple and really new and you realize that you have not been using the tool to its advantage. Um, and that tool is Mintimeter.com. So many years ago, I used Poll Everywhere back when it was a single question and it would pop up and you would respond with your phone and I would use that for surveys back 2010 maybe and it had been around a little bit at that point. Um, at Around that same time I found Mentimeter and started using it in a similar way but I saw the use of Mentimeter um, in a different way at TCA um, and one of the new tools inside of it is a word cloud. Um, I know that people do that with Answer Garden as well but I had never seen this version of Mentimeter where it allows you to answer with a word cloud and if you have never done a word cloud with a live audience it is a super easy way to get kind of a summary of thoughts. So the example that we were using was the question was what stands in the way of teachers using technology in their classrooms. And so people were typing in their answers and whatever answer was being repeated over and over again got bigger and bigger and bigger. And so in the word cloud, it was the biggest word. And when we did it as a group, the word time was the biggest word um, because it had been answered by the most number of people. Uh, but I have must have missed the memo that Mentimeter had added all of these new tools. So that's definitely something I'm going to revisit after TCA and incorporate that more in my classes. I also revisited Kahoot, which is a tool that has been around for a while, a fun way to engage with your students. You ask them questions, they're racing the clock and each other to get the right answers. Um, but my intention was as a introductory activity for my my presentation and it was also a great segue to teach little bits of concept so i ask a question once the real answer was revealed then i gave them a little bit of the history that was attached to that question and then we moved on to the next one so it wasn't something i was taking a grade over there wasn't really a prize but it was just a kind of an anticipatory set back in the my college days that's what we called that first kind of activity and it got them thinking about what we were doing next and it was super exciting and I hadn't used Kahoot in a while but it's one of those tools that every time I'm reintroduced to it I think why have I let this fall out of my tool bag um, but Mentimeter and Kahoot are definitely tools I'm going to revisit um, they were oldies but goodies that I was reintroduced to thanks to TCEA. So one of my favorite sessions at TCA was actually my own. And, you know, when you have to submit sessions almost a year in advance of a conference, you have an idea, you decide you're going to toss it out there, but you're not really sure how it's going to go down. Um, yeah, that's this session. So I had pitched a session called Let's Create a Virtual Tour of the Alamo City. And that, if you don't know, San Antonio is considered the Alamo City because we are home of the Alamo. And um, so my original concept was I'm going to 
take my participants on a walking tour of downtown San Antonio. We're going to hit multiple points of interest and then we're going to come back and create a tour using Street View on Google Maps and Google Sites. Now, one amazing thing happened between the time that I pitched that session and TCA actually occurred, and that was the creation and launch of Google Tour Creator. So that really changed the dynamic of my session. But then I also looked at the room configuration and realized I could have up to 100 people in my session. And that would be really difficult to manage walking to multiple places in downtown San Antonio. So this was just a, a session of opportunity because we were so close to really interesting places. In my next life, I'm going to be a tour guide in New Orleans. So I was hoping this was going to be kind of an introduction to the concept for me. And so I ended up taking um, a single location, which was the Alamo. It was a half mile from the conference center. So a half mile there and a half mile back, no more than a mile walk. And so it turned into this really interesting, very... Um, exciting and interactive session. We started in the conference center. We talked about the tool. We talked about how we were going to collect the video and the pictures with our smart devices. We used just the regular camera as well as we used um, Google Street View. We also used cameras if you had um, a 360 camera with you. So we talked through that and we talked through some of the history of the Alamo and I identified five different locations of points of interest. So if you've ever been to downtown San Antonio, the Alamo is right smack dab in the middle of a kind of an entertainment-esque district, but there are still some pieces of interest there. There is a plaque for where the, the cannon was in the Battle of the Alamo. There are some metal reliefs that show you what the Alamo grounds were like at different points in their history. You can still tour the church, which was part of the mission. There is a exhibit to missions on the inside of the Alamo grounds. And then there's the Cenotaph, which is a large monument put there to honor the Texan heroes that died during the Battle of the Alamo. So I gave them those five points of interest. And about an hour of time to grab images, to learn as much as they could. And then we walked back and put together a Google tour. Now, we couldn't put it all together in the time allotted, um, but it was a great kind of experience and interactive. So there were lots of great feedback. If you're a Twitter user, we had our own hashtag. So it was hashtag TCEA Alamo Tour. And some great pictures came out of that event. But what really kind of resonated with me were some of my participants that said, we tell teachers that we that students need to get up and move and engage. And then we bring people to conferences and ask them to sit still and listen to a presentation. Um, so here we are not modeling the best way to teach when we're asking teachers to change their practice. So this was kind of a, an example of how we could do that. Um, and it went off very well. So if you're interested, I will also put a presentation on how to use Google Tour Creator on the podcast website. It's really simple um, and a great way for you and your students to create virtual tours. 
totally excited to introduce this to the world and see where Google takes this. They're already making the connection between this tool and Google Expeditions. So if your district has bought Google Expeditions, you're gonna be able to make your own tours that your students can watch in Expeditions. The last thing I want to mention about TCA was the awesome tech interns from my district. So we had the opportunity to bring students to present at TCA, which was great for them and great for teachers. But we also brought along our tech interns who not only presented with us were tech support for some of our sessions, but we also lent them to some exhibitors and some vendors and had them um, talk to teachers and tell them about some of the products that we use. Great experience for them, great experience for us, um, and this is how some of our kids get offered amazing internships and um, opportunities to work with vendors that may never have existed before. So my hope is the next episode of the podcast, we'll talk to some of the tech interns and discuss the tech intern program that we have at the school. I hope you enjoyed this week's podcast. If you haven't ever visited TCEA, Look for that next February of 2020 in Austin, Texas. Consider attending. It's a great conference. Thanks for listening. Catch us next time on the Let's Tech About Learning podcast. Find this podcast on iTunes, Spotify, and Google Play. Plus, visit our website at letstechaboutlearning.com. Until next time.